Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and you're listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, you're going to learn everything you need to know about Section 24. So, what is Section 24 and how does it affect us as property investors? Well, Section 24 was introduced in April 2017 and it's going to phase in over the next few years. So, between 2017 and 2021. What it means is that you will no longer be able to claim mortgage interest on or any other property type finance as a tax deductible expense in your property business if you own properties in your personal name. Instead, rental profit will be taxed with a maximum deduction for finance costs of 20%, the basic tax rate. And this is phased in, as I said, between 2017 and 2021. So there's four stages to the phasing in process. Stage one was from the 6th of April 2017 tax year where the higher rate tax relief can still be claimed on the first 75% of your mortgage mortgage interest costs. Stage one was from April the 6th, 2017, where the higher rate tax relief can still be claimed on the first 75% of your mortgage interest costs. The remaining 25% will have the basic rate of tax relief applied. Stage two was phased in from the 6th of April, 2018, and the amount of tax relief you can claim at the higher rate will drop to 50% of your mortgage interest costs. The remaining 50% will then be taxed at the basic rate. Stage 3 came in this year on the 6th of April 2019, and that now means that the higher rate tax relief for this financial year can only be applied to 25% of your mortgage interest costs. The remaining 75% is going to be taxed at the basic rate. And stage 4... As of April 2021, you will only be able to claim tax relief at the basic rate level of 20%. So what it means in English is that the government have brought in a Section 24 law which removes your ability to claim your mortgage interest, just the interest portion of your mortgages as a tax deductible expense. The repayment portion, if you were on a repayment mortgage, was never a tax deductible expense only the interest portion was. But as of 2017, 25% a year of that money up till 2021 can no longer be claimed as a tax deductible expense. Now this, for anyone who owns property in in your personal names, is a potential, and I say potential, big problem. But not necessarily for everybody because there's a lot of things that you need to consider. So what we're going to look at in this podcast is what do you do if you currently own property in your own name and what do you do going forward? Do you continue to purchase property in your own name or do you now buy them within a limited company or within a limited liability partnership? And I'll talk about the differences between limited companies and limited liability partnerships or LLPs. So there's two aspects really is what do you do if you currently own property in your own name and what do you do regards all future purchase properties? So what do you do if you currently own property in your own name? 
I see a lot of people online saying that they're selling their properties or they're moving them to a limited company or moving them into an LLP. And then I see other people thinking this is what they need to do as well because they've seen one person doing it. So they're thinking this must be the best solution. So I need to do that too. It's important to remember that everyone who owns property will have a different tax liability. Example, investor A might only own one property while investor B owns 50 properties. The tax liability for investor A compared to investor B is going to be completely different. And what they do about section 24 should be completely different. You might have investor C who might own five properties in the north of England where their mortgage interest is, say, £100 a month on each of the properties, while investor D might own five properties in, say, London or the southeast, and their mortgage interest could be £1,200 a month on each property. So the, the tax liability on either investor is going to be completely different again. So there's a lot to think about before you make a decision, a rash, rushed decision on what you do about Section 24. If you've got small mortgages and good profit, it might be that you don't want to do anything. You leave them in your own name. You really need to think carefully about what decision you make because there's a lot of things that can impact that decision. If you own property in your own name and have no mortgage on them, then Section 24 won't actually make any difference to the tax that you pay on your business. But if you own properties in your own name and have mortgages on them, then it is very possible that you will see a significant rise in your tax bill. Many people will be pushed into the higher rate tax bracket and anyone in the 40% bracket is going to be hit hardest by this tax. You need to get, and I'm going to stress this very, very much, is you need to get independent personal tax advice from a property tax specialist. Now, that's not necessarily an accountant. That's not all accountants are also property tax specialists. So you need to find an accountant that specializes in property tax and do not just do the same thing as someone else because what was right for them may not be right for you. Your accountant and or your property tax specialist will be able to tell you how much higher your tax bill will be and if there is ways that you can minimize that. Things that you really need to consider before making any decision is, for instance, how much interest am I paying on my buy-to-let mortgages per year? This interest used to be a tax-deductible expense, as I said, but under Section 24, it is no longer a tax-deductible expense. So it'll be shown as profit. If you've got one buy-to-let property where you're paying £100 a month interest, that's £1,200 a year. You're going to pay either 20 or 40% tax now on that £1,200, where it used to be a deductible expense. But if you've got a hundred grand a year mortgage interest that you're paying on your portfolio. You're going to pay 20 to 40% tax on that 100 grand. Well, you're going to pay 40%. You're looking at four, potentially 40 grand as opposed to a few hundred quid. So you really need to work out how much is your liability? How much tax are you paying? Something else to consider is what's my medium to long-term plan? So do you plan on selling any of the properties in the next three to five years? Because if you're planning on selling some of your properties, then moving them into a limited company or selling them too soon might not necessarily be the best decision. Selling them now, for instance, a few weeks before Brexit, is, might not be the best time the, to sell a property. So maybe holding them for a few years will be a better benefit to you than selling them today and maybe taking a bit of a hit. So it depends really in terms of if you're looking to sell them in the, in the near future, do I really want to change the current way that they're held in my portfolio? If you're going to hold them for 10 plus years, then maybe it's something you want to look at. Or do you plan on paying down the mortgage debt? 
So is your plan to pay down the mortgages and clear them? Or is your plan to refinance the properties every few years and increase your mortgage debt? If your plan is to pay down the mortgage debt, then if you've got no debt on those properties, Section 24 doesn't affect you because it's, it's a law that affects the interest you pay on the mortgages. If you plan on paying down the mortgages, then Section 24 isn't going to affect you in the long term because it, it is what tax that you pay against mortgage interest that you use and have to pay. But if you've got no mortgage interest, then you don't, you're not affected by this tax. So if your plan is to pay down your mortgages, then maybe the best solution is to leave them in your own name. But if your plan is to refinance the properties, take out new mortgages, increase your mortgage debt over the next few years, then maybe then you need to look at moving them, them properties into a limited company so you get a more beneficial tax advantage. So speaking of limited companies, you could move the properties into a limited company where you can then claim the mortgage interest as a tax deductible expense. So within limited companies at the moment, mortgage interest is still a tax deductible expense. But you need to work out the cost of moving them. As with anything, there are pros and cons. So what is the process if your tax advisor advises you to move them into a limited company? You really need to get independent financial tax advice to make sure that you are making the right decision, whether that be to leave them in your personal name or move them into a limited company. So what is the process if your tax advisor advises you to move them to a limited company? Well, number one is you need to have a limited company to hold them in. For obvious reasons, if you're going to move them to a limited company, if you don't currently have a limited company, then you need to set one up. If you do have a limited company, then you need to make sure that that limited company is to hold property for buy to let. Then you can move those properties into that company. Before moving them into a limited company, though, you also need to ensure that the properties are owned by more than one person in order to qualify for what's called incorporation relief. So you can incorporate your personal properties into a limited company. But under incorporation relief, you need to have more than one owner on those properties. The benefits of incorporation relief is that you can defer capital gains tax. So a lot of people say that you avoid capital gains tax. You don't avoid capital gains tax. What you do is you defer the capital gains tax. Okay, so it's deferring it. Well, capital gains tax is a tax that you pay when you or your company sell a property and it is paid on the difference between your sale price, so what you sell it for in the future, less the purchase price, what you paid for it originally, plus any capital expenditure that you had on that property. So for instance, if you put a new kitchen, a new bathroom, anything that you spend to add value to that property, your accountant would allocate that as a capital expense. So the capital gain is paid on your selling price, less the purchase price plus capital gain. So an example of that would be, let's say you, you bought a property for 100 grand, you spent 20 grand on it in capital expenditure, that would be 120 grand spend, and then you sell that house for 150 grand. You would have 30,000 pounds capital gain on that property. You would get capital gains tax relief of £12,000. So this year it's £12,000. Last year it was 11600 So it changes every year. So you should always check what the current capital gain tax is. This year it's twelve grand. So what that means is on your 30000 capital gain, 12000 is capital gains tax relief, 
So you will pay capital gains tax on the remaining £18,000 and you'll pay that tax at about 28%. Now, and that's subject to change every year as well. Now, if you move properties from your own name into a limited company under incorporation relief, you can defer that capital gain, which means you don't pay it today. But if your limited company ever sells the property in the future, you'll still have to pay that capital gains tax. Now, I mentioned that there needs to be two people as owners of a property. So to qualify for incorporation relief, moving a property from your personal name into a limited company, there has to be two people as an owner. To get around this, what you could do if there's only one person as an owner is you can transfer the properties initially into an LLP, a limited liability partnership, and then wait a couple of years and then transfer them from the LLP into the limited company. This will allow you to get the incorporation relief as well. However, that means that you would have to make somebody else a partner in the ownership of those properties. So some people may not want to do that. But if you've got a spouse, um, you know, a son, a daughter, something like that, a family member that you'll be willing to give part of the property to, then that could work for you. One of the things you really need to think about before making the decision of whether you transfer them from your own name to a limited company is the type of mortgages you have. You see, you may need to redeem some or even all of your mortgages and take out new products as some lenders that lend personally don't lend to limited companies. There could be a significant cost in taking out new mortgages within a limited company. And also interest rates within a limited company are generally higher than what they are in a personal name. Now, over the last two-ish years, a lot more companies and banks, lenders have started to lend to limited companies because they need to, because most people are now buying within limited companies. But it is still something else that you really need to think about and work out. And if, you're, if you are having to redeem mortgages and take out new mortgages, if you're tied into fixed rate periods, then there's also the potential penalty for being in a fixed rate period for redeeming that mortgage product early. So that could be a significant cost as well. So there's a lot of costs that you need to think about before just jumping to the decision of I'm going to incorporate, I'm going to move my properties. One of the things that you really need to consider as well, and, and maybe a lot of people haven't thought about is what is, the, what is the possibility that you move all of your properties from your personal name into a limited company, you get the costs incurred for all of that. So not just the, the, um, the costs of redeeming your mortgages and taking out new mortgages, but the legal costs to do it. There's, there's a lot of costs involved in transferring them over. So you really need to work out with your tax advisor what the cost impact you will be and what the savings will be if you do it. Because even if there's a cost impact, maybe you're going to save a lot of money by doing it. So personally for me, I've got 15 properties owned in my personal name. I've currently left them in my personal name for now because they, I'm paying on average about £150 a month on the mortgages and they're renting for about 450 So my tax will be 50-ish quid a month on the 150-ish quid, that 50, 60 quid a month tax that I pay, it still means that I'm I'm paying more tax, but I'm still not, I'm still making profit from the properties because there's enough equity in there. But had I got a thousand pound a month mortgages, I'd probably move them immediately. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to hold all of these properties long term. I also don't want to move them across yet because I want to see how this plays out for a couple of years. 
Because if the government reversed the decision and I've put my properties into a limited company, then I've, I've spent all of that money moving them across and I've not really benefited it when I could have left them in my own name. Because there's something you need to think about is getting them back out of that limited company in the future. Because you, when you sell them within the limited company, that money sits in the company, that equity, that profit sits in the company. Then you're going to need to take that money out of the company, either through wages or dividends. So there'll be a cost to that as well. Now, if you leave the properties in your own name and the government reverse the law, that could be a really good decision. However, it could be 10 years before they do that. So you need to weigh up the costs involved. If, for instance, it's costing you 20 grand a year extra tax and it's going to cost you 20 grand to move them into the limited company, well, over 10 years, 20 grand a year extra tax is going to cost you 200 grand. Moving them into the company only costs you 20. That's going to save you 180,000 pounds by moving them today. You could, you could move them back out and it might work for you. It might be tax efficient. But get that independent tax advice. Is it, people say, yeah, but is it likely the government reversed the law? It's possible because in Ireland a few years ago, they brought in a similar law. And last year, they actually re just reversed the law back again because they realized that it wasn't the right decision. It wasn't the right solution. But there's also the possibility, actually, that you move them into a limited company and then the government extend the law to tax you on the mortgage portion within a limited company. So who's to say the government don't bring in the same law that, and extend the Section 24 law into mortgages within limited companies? It's unlikely that they will, but with our government, you just never know. So there's a few pros and cons there around whether if I currently own properties in my own name, whether I move them into a limited company, whether I sell them, whether I keep them as they are. So just to recap, things to think about are um, what is your current mortgages? So how much a month is the interest portion of your mortgage? What will your tax be? Now, there's online tax calculators. You can go onto Google and type in Section 24 tax calculator and it will give you an idea of, pretty accurate idea of what sort of difference your tax liability will be within your portfolio. Get in touch with a financial advisor, a, t a property tax specialist advisor, and get them to work out with you the pros and cons, the benefits for you to move them from your own name into a limited company. Make sure you work out the costs. So remember, the things to think about is you've got your stamp duty, yet you won't pay if you transfer across, but you will only be deferring the capital gains tax, not avoiding it, just deferring it. But you've got potentially having to redeem mortgages, potential higher interest on mortgages within the limited company than you have in your own name. So look at the pros and cons before making the decision. Don't rush the decision. What do you do regards any future property purchases? Well, this is a lot simpler than what you do if you own property. So one thing is you own property already. That's where you've got the main issue with Section 24. If you're just starting out in property or if you're thinking about increasing your portfolio and buying more property, then what should you do regards future property purchases? Really simple from where I sit at the moment is always buy going forward within a limited company. Don't buy any more properties in your personal name. Buy within a limited company. Now that could slightly depend. So for instance, if you've got no job right now, you might buy one or two properties in your personal name because you're going to have your, your initial profits are going to be tax-free. However, if you've got a mortgage on those properties, you're still going to be paying interest on the mortgage portion, while if you bought it within a limited company, you wouldn't, and then you could take a salary from the company and you would be better off 
financially tax-wise. So I would still say buy them within a limited company. So things to really think about with regards to future property purchases is if you purchase within a limited company, then the mortgage interest relief is currently a tax-deductible expense. Now, I say currently, as you never know, they might actually change the law around the limited company mortgages as well. Again, you should get independent tax advice, but it is likely that they will advise you to make all future purchases within a limited company, as the mortgage interest will be a tax-deductible expense. And remember, you'll only pay corporation tax on the tax within a limited company. And corporation tax is currently 19%, but there is plans to reduce that to 17% by the 1st of April 2020. So from the 1st of April 2020 onwards, you're going to be paying 17% corporation tax. And that's another big reason why you should be thinking about buying property within a limited company, because that against 40% in your own name is a massive saving. What about opportunity? What about opportunity? So is there an opportunity for you to take advantage, benefit from people who currently own properties in their own name? Is there a way that you can help them? Is there a way that you could make some money by helping them? The answer is absolutely. A lot of landlords are making a decision right now to sell their properties. And when they sell, they're being hit by a capital gains tax bill. And this is something you can really help them with. The capital gains tax allowance I've already mentioned is £12,000 for this year, for 2019-20. Now, the capital gains tax allowance is not per property. It's per person per year. Okay, so per person per year, not per property. So if somebody has got, say, 10 properties in their portfolio and they're trying to sell them all because they're getting hit with Section 24 tax, then you can help them because if they sell all 10 of their properties this year, in this one financial year, they will only be able to use £12,000 capital gains tax relief. Now, if they own them as a couple, they get £12,000 each, but it's still only £24,000 this year. However, let's say they own 10 properties and you agreed to do a creative deal with them, like a lease option, and you secured the option to buy those properties at one property per year for the next 10 years. What that would mean is that they would spread the sales over a 10-year period, 10 different financial years. That would allow them to, if they're owned in their own name, allow them to get £12,000 per year, per person per year. So £12,000 next year, the year after, the year after, the year after, etc. Over 10 years, they would get £12,000 per year capital gains tax relief. That's 12,000 times 10. It's 120,000 pounds that they wouldn't pay capital gains tax on. If they own them as a couple, they get 12,000 pounds per person. So that would be 24,000 per year. Over 10 years, that would be 240,000 pounds of their equity that they would pay no tax on whatsoever. So you could really help people who are tied in at the moment to properties in their personal names. And some of these people will have fixed rate mortgages, by the way. So if they sold today, they'll not only just get 12 grand capital gains tax relief and pay capital gain on the rest of their profit, but they'll also have to redeem their mortgage and pay the penalties on early redemptions. But by securing them on, say, a lease option and buying one per year over the 10-year period, they'll allow their mortgages to go out of their fixed rate periods 
saving them from, from the early redemption penalties and they qualify for the capital gains tax allowance per, per, per person per year. Huge saving on capital gains tax. So there's things to consider from this podcast was if you own property in your own name, what is the best solution? You could use incorporation relief. You could move them into, your, into a limited company. But that will depend, as I said, on whether they're owned individually or owned in your, in, as a couple. If individual, you could move them into an LLP for a couple of years, then transfer them into a limited company. But you've got to consider the things like, are they in fixed rate mortgages at the moment? What is your long-term plan? Are you going to pay the mortgages down or are you going to increase the mortgages? So what's your plan? If you're buying property moving forward, then buy them within limited companies. So you avoid Section 24. And if you're buying properties moving forward, if you're thinking of increasing your portfolio, you can help people who are affected by Section 24. So maybe you should be looking for portfolios and how you could secure them creatively using a no money down strategy like lease options. To secure those properties, you benefit, the, the seller benefits, everybody wins. So that's just a little bit of an insight into Section 24, the pros and cons, how you deal with Section 24, how you can help people who are affected by Section 24. So remember, the Progressive Property Podcast, it's out every Tuesday morning. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so you don't miss any episodes. You can also follow Progressive Property's YouTube channel. So a lot of the podcasts we do post there as well. Within the YouTube channel, there's lots of other content in there too. There's the Progressive Property Facebook community. If you're not already a member, join the Progressive Property Facebook community. Just go into Facebook and search Progressive Property Community. Click join and the team will add you into the community. There's over 24,000 people in there now, all sharing property knowledge. Make sure you're part of that. It's a phenomenal opportunity to share content, have your questions answered. I'm in there. Tag me in, ask me any questions, whatever you need support with, and I'll do my best to help you. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been awesome. Awesome.